You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Glory to God. This morning I'll be teaching and I will complete the teaching on Thursday because I won't be able to exhaust it today. I'll be teaching on what I've titled Open Rewards. Glory to God. I'd like to read from Matthew chapter 6. Tell your neighbor, Open Rewards. Say it again, Open Rewards. Matthew chapter 6, I'll read um, just to avoid reading the whole chapter. I'll read from verse 1 to 8. Alright, no, I should read from 1 to 6 and then I'll skip to verse 18. Okay? So, this is a teaching of Jesus Christ. He said, take heed that you do not your arms before men. Arms talks about giving, especially giving to the needy. Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Keep going, we'll get to verse 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Verse 18. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Amen. Now, you, you, you observe from Matthew chapter 6, we're looking at the teachings of Jesus. And Jesus was concerned about um, something that the Jews or the people he was talking to were already practicing. He was not introducing something new to them. He was showing them a better way of doing something they, were, they already knew. Amen. There are some of us here that have been saved for some time. And we have some, some practices, some rituals, some things we do regularly. But when knowledge from God's word comes, it corrects how we do what we used to do. Amen. Alright? Someone say, oh, I've been serving the Lord. I've been, I've been praying. And then suddenly, light from God's word comes. And you see that what you've been doing or how you've been doing it is not exactly what should be. And that was the situation here. Jesus came. And in this particular case, he was not concerned about telling them something new. 
he was dealing with something that the Jews or the people he was talking to already were familiar with. Oh, I love it when God shows up and corrects our th theology. Amen. I love when God shows up and begins to inspire us in the right direction. Or, in one way or the other, corrects what we thought was so. If you read through scriptures from time to time, people have been corrected. Even Peter, the great Peter, the apostle, Paul had to straighten him out at one time. That doesn't mean it was right for him to do so, but he did it. Now, we also found in scripture that there was a great man called Apollos. Apollos was a preacher, fervent in scripture, but he only knew to a point. Then, to um, a couple, um, uh, um, um, Aquila and Priscilla met him. Amen. Priscilla is the wife anyway. Priscilla and Aquila met him. And then when they met him, they corrected him. They said, no, 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 no. They added something to his life. And he took the correction. Today I pray that something will be added to you in the name of Jesus. Alright, so there are things that you might already know. There are things that you might have been doing. Knowledge from God's word could make you better and make you more effective. So Jesus was doing the same here in Matthew chapter 6. He was dealing with three issues. He was dealing with prayer. He was dealing with giving. He was dealing with fasting. Hallelujah. And these were things that the Jews already adopted. It was no more just something that they learned in religion. It has become part of their culture. It has become part of their culture. You cannot separate um, um, the, the, the Jewish faith from their culture. Because it, like their faith is their culture. Amen. And that's how it's supposed to be for us that are in Christ Jesus. We have a Christ culture. Amen. Our faith is supposed to be our culture. We're not supposed to have a Nigerian culture and a Christian life. No. Our life in Christ should be our culture in the world. Amen. Are we together? And, and, and that, that, that's what, she, what is expected of us. So here in Matthew 6, uh, we're going to be talking about what Jesus introduced that might have been new to them. Amen. Even if he was dealing with something that was old. He introduced a concept, an idea that I'm, I'm sure if I was in that meeting or was in that service, I would also have been excited about it. He talked about an open reward. Hallelujah. He talked about an open reward. He was dealing with these things, but he said there's such a thing as an open reward. So we find that when it comes to giving, when it comes to fasting, when it comes to prayer, he said almost the same thing about those three practices. So I want to point them out to you again, one after the other. Let's look at verse 4 of Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 4, he was talking about giving. Arms talks about giving. It's a kind of giving. There are different kinds of giving in scripture. Alright? All through scripture. The scripture reveals several kinds of givings. Of which arms is one part of it. Arms giving has to do with giving to the needy. You find that consistently throughout the Bible. From Old Testament into New. And giving is a trans-testament practice. Are you hearing me? Is a trans-testament. That means that it didn't end in the Old Testament. It entered into the New. So Jesus was talking about it here. And he says that thine arms may be in secret. Now, understand something. There was a way they were doing it. When they want to give to the poor, they get on the news. Amen. They get on the news. They do, it, they do Facebook Live. Amen. Alright? <laughs> I'm explaining the context you can understand. And then they want people to, to see how generous, 
how benevolent they are. And so Jesus was correcting that. He said, hey, hey, when you give alms, do it in secret. Hallelujah. He said, and your father, your father which seeth in secret, what will he do? Himself shall reward thee openly. Am I communicating? Now, that means Jesus was saying that for our givings, there is a reward. Amen. And then he's also implying that the reward is an open reward. Hallelujah. That that giving you did in secret, God has an arrangement, amen, to give you an open reward. Are we together? That's amazing to know. Glory to God. That God has a plan to give me an open reward. How many of you want to have an open reward this month? And that's God's word to us. That it's your month for open rewards. Now that's for verse 4. And so he was talking about giving. And just in, just in case you thought that only giving could bring an open reward, verse 6, he now says the same thing again about prayer. In verse 6, he says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Then he said, And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, understand that he was addressing some of the Pharisees or those that have been trained under the doctrine of the Pharisees. That believe that if they wanted to pray, they have to come to this corner of the street. If you read the context of scripture, you see that they will come to the junction. They pray at the junction. Are you understanding me? They get to the junction and they pray. They climb the flyover. You understand that? And they pray from there. Are you understanding me? To say, so that people will see that they are praying. And their focus is the applaud of men. So Jesus was correcting that. Now, you know, sometimes people take things out of context. Jesus was not saying that you shouldn't pray in public. That's not what he was saying. He was not saying you shouldn't pray with people. No. He was addressing that that's your personal prayer time must not be done to attract applaud. Amen. Are we together? So someone will say, oh, man, that guy can pray. That girl can pray. He said, no, don't do it that way. Because... That prayer you prayed that nobody saw, when you will benefit from it, everybody will see. Amen. Are you getting the picture? Yeah. That giving that you did, nobody saw. When you will receive the reward, many will see. That's what he's saying. So, he had taught us here that giving attracts an open reward. Then he's telling us also that prayer attracts an open reward. Then we thought that was over. Then we get to verse 18, and he says the same thing again. That means that he was teaching them about how to have open rewards. In verse 18, he said that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now, he was talking about fasting now. How could it be that he repeated open reward for giving? He said open reward for prayer, and now he's saying it again for fasting. That means there's something about giving, praying, and fasting. Hallelujah. And I don't want to miss out from that something that's in it. Amen. Glory to God. So he talked about fasting. Now, um, um, what he corrected here was that when some people are fasting, they will not cream their face. They won't comb their hair. They won't dress properly. And so somebody will ask them what is wrong. Are you understanding? You know, that people are just like people asking them what is wrong. Even as they came to church on Sunday now, they walk into church and just, I'm doing I'm a sign, sign. So that somebody's going to ask, what's wrong? They say, what's wrong? Say, I thought you, I, I was wondering whether you would not ask. 
And, and that's what Jesus was addressing. He was saying, when you are fasting, don't fast so that somebody will ask you what is wrong. As much as light in you, ensure that in your fast, someone doesn't observe that you're fasting. Hallelujah. Are we together? So he said, look, look good, dress well. Let me add my own. Don't have mouth odor. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Then he said, in the same way that God, he, the, he said, your father, your father, he's not going to delegate that, that reward. God, your father, himself. He keeps using the word himself. If you read back, he says himself. Hallelujah. Meaning that something he's going to personally see to. Amen. Himself will reward you in your givings. Himself will reward you in your prayers. And himself will reward you in your fastings. Amen. Now, I want to explain something to you. When we talk like this, a lot of times, um, maybe I should explain what he means by reward. Okay? In the scripture here, when he talked about rewarding you openly, let me first explain what a reward is. And the Greek word that was used in that scripture consistently talks about what we call a recompense. Everybody say recompense. That's one word, recompense. Another word is to repay. Everybody say repay. I could introduce a third phrase, which is to give back. Everybody say to give back. Now, that's what reward means here. The reward means that God will recompense you. It means that God will repay you. Amen. It means that God will give back to you. That's what the reward means. It doesn't mean anything else apart from that. If you are a student of Greek, you will understand that the Greek word give is didomai. But this is apodidomai. To give you back. Hallelujah. It means that that which you gave, he will respond. Are we together? That's what he meant by a reward. A reward. A reward. Now, it's not just that he will reward you. He now said the reward will be what? Open. And throughout the scripture, openly, openly, in the scripture, verse 4, verse 6, and here, is the same word. It means he will make it manifest. He will exhibit the reward. Amen. That someone apart from you will see it. Are you with me? That's what it means by open. Now, even if you didn't know the Greek, and you're reading it in the context in which he was speaking, remember, he said, shut yourself in your closet. Then he used the language, he that seeth you in secret. That means that what he's going to do is opposite of secret. Amen. He that seeth in secret shall reward thee not in secret. So openly means that that reward that God will bring that will not be hidden. Amen. It will not be a reward that only you will know about. It will be a reward that someone else will know about. Glory to God. Now, having said that, I want to establish something for you and tie up some loose ends that some might have. First and foremost, God has a gift and reward system. Everybody say a gift and reward system. Let's start again. Say God has... 
a gift and reward system. What do we mean by that? A lot of believers, especially that got introduced to the message of the finished works of Christ, confuse those things. And today, I will lay it to rest in your heart. Hallelujah. They mix them up. They don't know where, which is what. Now, the Bible talks about the gifts of God. If you read Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, the Bible says that the gifts and calling, gifts was plural, calling is singular, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That's how King James puts it. Some other translation says they are irrevocable. When it talks about gifts, number one gift to us is salvation. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that salvation is, is a gift. Is that not so? All right? For the wish of sin is dead, the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 6.23. Amen. All right? So eternal life, salvation is a gift. Now, there's a difference between God's gifts and God's rewards. For all of humanity, for all of humanity, God has made gifts available to them. For his sons, after they have received the gifts, God has a reward system for them. I'll explain it further. Your salvation is not a reward. The difference between a gift and a reward is that a gift, there was no prior effort that earned you the gift. You didn't have to do anything. It was not even your idea. The gift is solely an expression of the generosity of the giver. It is an expression of the benevolence of the giver. But a reward is end. A reward is a response from the giver to your action, a previous action. Are you listening to me? Now, the decision for you to be saved is a gift. Receiving the Holy Spirit is a gift. Why are you going to go to heaven? Going to heaven, <laughs> you know, it's not a reward. It's a gift. Amen. Anyone that has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that salvation is his ticket to heaven. Amen. I read a scripture one time to you that when you got born again, you were given a get out of hell free card. Amen. Amen. Get out of hell free card. Hallelujah. So you are no more hell bound. You are now heaven bound. That's a gift. But what's the difference? Gifts are received by faith. Amen. Are we together? You have to believe to receive the gifts. You're here, you're born again, you've not received the Holy Spirit. You are not receiving the Holy Spirit because you are, you are serving in church. No. Even if you don't serve in church. Even if you don't, even if you are a believer that is stingy, you are a believer everybody is complaining about, you are entitled to the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's a gift. He is a gift from the Father to you so that you will stop being stingy. Amen. 
Glory to God. Are you getting the picture? So the Holy Spirit is a gift. Divine health and everything that came by reason of the death of Jesus Christ is a gift from God to you. Am I communicating? So, but I want you to understand the difference now. Now, so I'm saying that God has made these gifts available to us. But, after we receive Christ Jesus, and we are saved, and in Christ, God has a reward system. And there are several scriptures, I believe I will deal with that more on Thursday. There is a reward system. This thing we're teaching is what differentiates between the word faith and faithfulness. Everybody say faith and faithfulness. Say again, faith and faithfulness. The gift is received by faith, while the reward is received by faithfulness. Amen. Did you hear me? The gifts of God are received by faith, but the rewards of God are received by your faithfulness. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Now, um, if believers don't understand that there is such a thing as God's reward system, they act like after they are saved, it's all over. No, when you get saved, it's the beginning. That's where everything starts. That's where the journey begins. All right? That's where the journey begins. So I want to show you a few scriptures that talk about... Um, rewards um let's first look at what jesus said about rewards and then um, all through the epistles i will just show you maybe two or three more as time will permit me let's first look at matthew chapter 16 verse 27 and we see jesus making a statement about um, a reward hallelujah glory to god jesus said for the son of man shall come in the glory of his father with his angels then he shall reward everybody say reward now he when that second that coming is not for gifts his first coming the first coming of jesus was to make gifts available to mankind in his second coming he's coming with what rewards amen he's coming with rewards and then he shall reward every man not according to his faith according to what his works hallelujah according to his works there's a difference now i will give you some foundational scriptures before we run now you know the scripture says hebrews eleven six. 6 that's foundational enough hebrews is the scripture of faith all right it starts by telling us from verse 1 now faith is substance of things so for the evidence now when he gets to verse 6 he says something that Sometimes people skip. He started by saying, without faith, it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. Now, uh, when God of possibilities tells you something is impossible, where you want to go to? The Bible didn't say it is difficult. Jesus used difficult, the word difficult. At least when he said, it is easier. For a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man, amen, to enter into the kingdom. So he was talking about difficulty there. Hallelujah. All right? Here in Hebrews, he's not talking about difficulty. He's talking about impossibility. 
So he said, without faith, it is impossible. He didn't say it was. That's he's saying right now. Presently, it is not possible. It is impossible to please God. That means that there is no action you will take that will impress him if he doesn't smell faith in it. Amen. Glory to God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why do we preach that men might have faith? Amen. But he didn't stop there. Some of us stop there. There is a colon, which means that you can end the statement here. But now the next statement is still connected to this, even if it can stand on its own. He says, For he that cometh to God. Now he's talking to the one that has come. Hallelujah. He says, Must believe. He's telling him what he must believe. What will he believe? Number one, that he is. Everybody say he is. What does he mean by he is? His existence. Amen. How can you come to the one that you are not sure exists? There's no God, but I want to receive Christ. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. So, he must believe that he is. Let's read the last part together. And that he is a rewarder. Now, I want you to pick out rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. Tap your neighbor and say, God is a rewarder. Never forget that. He's not just someone that gives gifts. He is also a rewarder. Are we together? He's a giving and rewarding God. Amen. So, say he's a rewarder. Now, but there's a condition to who he's rewarding. Hallelujah. He didn't just say he's a rewarder of men. He said he's a rewarder of them. Hallelujah. That diligently seek him. I want to be the them. Amen. That diligently seek him. Are we together? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He didn't just say that seek him. The word diligently is there. Diligently. Diligently talks about the fact that they put in some effort. Hallelujah. That's what he's saying. You know, most of the time, um, people have wrong ideas about what the scripture didn't say. In trying to promote one scripture, they sometimes get revelations that another scripture cannot affirm. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? And that's not right. So here, we find that God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. All right? We look through again, um, still in Hebrews. Let's go to the 6th chapter, verse 10. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, it begins to talk to the believer in Christ Jesus. And then he says, God, for God is not unrighteous. What does he mean by God is not unrighteous? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Let's read further. He's not unrighteous to forget your work. And labor of love. He didn't say to forget your faith in Christ. Amen. That means at this point he had gone, your faith is already settled. You are in Christ. What is it he's not forgetting? Your work. Ever say my work. And my labor of love. Then he says, which ye have showed. And to direct where the love and the, and the labor of love and the work 
was directed to, to point you to where it should be directed to. He said, which you have shown towards his name. Some of you have had labor of love for that girl. That's not the one he's talking about. Or you have worked hard. And she's not going to marry you. No. He said, which you have showed towards his name. That means he's specifying where the work and labor of love was put into. He is not unrighteous. That means the other one he will forget. Amen. The one he won't forget. Amen. Is the one you have showed towards his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. You still are doing the same thing. What does this mean to you? Why does God not forget? Why is he not forgetting? That means he's keeping records. Hallelujah. Of your work and your labor of love. That's what he implies. It implies that he's keeping record of your work and labor of love. Why is he keeping record? Because he's going to reward. Now, Paul was speaking, uh, most of the time towards the end of his uh, um, ministry, in, in writing to Timothy, he talked about how that the Lord, he's waiting for that crown of righteousness, which he will be rewarded with. And every other person also will be rewarded with that crown of righteousness. So, there's a reward. Hallelujah. There's a reward. Now, I'm going a little further than I, I planned. So let me come back. This month, everyone here is set up for an open reward. Yeah. And now by the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God, you will be shown how to enjoy open rewards. Now here, I want to go back to something. It could be a question that will come up later. When the Bible talks about rewards, before we talk about open rewards, is God's reward an earthly reward or a heavenly reward? I mean, I'm not talking about earthly and heavenly in context of the reward. I'm talking about in the location or the place where the reward will happen. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Because some people talk about spiritual things in ways that could even be discouraging. Have you heard them say something like, oh, are you a teacher? Ah, your reward is in heaven. Have you heard people say that to someone? You know, they talk like if something is a reward is in heaven, it's something that um, you are just being promised, you might likely not have it. First and foremost, there is a heavenly reward. That means there are rewards we can only get when we get to heaven. Amen. And you can't even imagine what is of value in heaven, different from what's of value here. Amen. For you now, if they, you even hear those things that they said you rewarded with, you'll be wondering what will I do with it. Amen. But when you get to heaven, you'll find out that your, your thoughts will be different. You'll say, ah, what can I not do with it? The Bible talks about the crown of righteousness. The Bible talks about a time where he said that he was going to give them a, a stone with their names written on it. Say, so what will I use it and do? Amen. When you get to heaven, you will find out. Hallelujah. So there are rewards reserved for us beyond here. Hallelujah. But there are rewards that happen to us here. Amen. Am I communicating? Let me use a negative thing to explain. 
Do you know the scripture says that? Even for an unbeliever. It's not everything he does that the judgment is after he dies. There are some judgments that happen on earth for him. Do you know that? You don't know? You didn't know? So, an unbeliever, it's not everything he does that the, the judgment falls on him when he gets to heaven. Uh, sorry, hell. Or when he dies. No. There are certain things that the response has to be immediate. It's in scripture. You are looking at me like you want me to preach another message. Amen. All right. Remember the story of the Herod in the book of Acts? All right. You can find that story in Acts, uh, the 10th chapter thereabouts. Herod was making a speech. And people gathered and they started hailing him. This is the voice of a God and not a man. The angel didn't wait for him to die, to judge him. The angel judged him right where he was seated. Amen. The Bible says that worms began to eat his body. And then he died. Are you with me? He didn't wait till later. So, in judgment, in the same way it happens that there are judgments that happen here on earth. And there are judgments that happen on the other side. Are you with me? It is the same way that there are rewards that happen on this side and there are rewards that happen on that side. Amen. So I'll show you a scripture that will make you understand that. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. In 1 Timothy 4, 8, um, it's important to get the scripture in context. He started 1 Timothy 4 by talking about what the Spirit is saying expressly. What the Spirit is saying now. So verse 1 says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly. So verse 8 is one of the things that the Spirit is speaking expressly. So in verse 8, he's talking about some physical things we're engaging and comparing them with spiritual things we're engaging. So he says, for bodily exercise, and he's talking about the language used for bodily exercise, sports, working out, gymnastics, amen. How many of you work out? God help you, amen. How many of you work out? <laughs> amen. <laughs> Some of you, what are you working out? There's nothing there. Amen. What will remain if you walk out? Amen. <laughs> I know you're keeping fit. I'm just joking. All right. So, <laughs> for bodily exercise, he's talking about working out and all of that. He said it profits little. That means the scripture is saying that there's gain in it. But he said it's little. All right. Then he's saying that, but godliness, which he means spiritual exercise, hallelujah. The activities that we carry out spiritually, they are profitable, hallelujah. He now says, it's profitable unto all things. 
What does it mean by all things? It will profit you spiritually, mentally, and physically. Hallelujah. Then, that last phrase, I've read this for years, and I love it. He said, this exercise, this spiritual exercise of godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is. And what? And of that which is to come. That means you will gain here and you will gain there. Amen. It reminds me of what Reverend Tende taught us or taught me about the Hausa language. One word for gain and one word for losing. I've forgotten the um, one is uh, Samu. Rasa is lose. Samu is gain. You know? So, Samu is to gain. That means that when you walk with God, you will Samu here, you will Samu there. You will Samu on earth, and you will Samu in heaven. Amen. You gain here, you gain there. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? It's not just gain over there. You know, one of the things that happened to early believers is that they so taught them about being heavenly conscious that some of them didn't know that God wanted to bless them on earth. Amen. They didn't know that. They didn't know about God blessing them on earth. They were only concerned about what will happen after here. And they saw the world as a place to suffer and then to go to heaven. But let me tell you the teaching of God's word. The teaching of God's word is that whatever you enjoy on earth, is suffering compared to the enjoyment that heaven has. Amen. You didn't hear me. Whatever you will enjoy on earth is suffering compared with what heaven has to offer you. So, when you receive Christ Jesus, there is gain here. Say there is gain here. And there is gain there. Say there is gain here. And there is gain after. There is gain now. And there's gain after. That's what the scripture is saying. So, what we are talking about is that the reward, there's an earthly phase of the reward, and there's a heavenly phase of the reward. And we must understand that. Now, the difference between gifts and reward is clearly stated in 1 Corinthians 3. Alright? Where Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church. And what he was saying to them was amazing, really amazing. It's not something anybody would just think of. It had to be a revelation. So I'd like to read some portions of that First Corinthians 3. It will help us see the reward. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, in 1 Corinthians 3, he was talking to believers that look like some of us. Amen. Hallelujah. And then, let's look at verse 13. 1 Corinthians 3, 13. He had earlier talked about laboring. He said, we are laborers together with God. Then he said, you are 
God's building. Sorry, he had said that earlier. Now in verse 13, he now said, every man's walk, that includes your walk. Say your, your walk. Your walk. Every man's walk, not some people's walk, every man's walk shall be made manifest. Then he says, for the day, there's a day coming, shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. That means your works will go through fire. Hallelujah. Amen. And the fire shall try everyone's work of what sort it is. That means the quality of our service, glory to God, will be tested. The quality of our service to God will be tested. Of what sort it is. Verse 14, he now says, if any man's work abide, now follow this line of thought, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Glory to God. Let me tell someone, if your work abides, you shall receive a reward. Amen. Are we together? That means that if it does not abide, what will happen? You will lose the reward. Hallelujah. But let's read further. Let's not interpret verse 15. Wow. I love verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall what? Suffer loss. But he himself, that's gift now, shall be saved. Yet, so as by fire. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? So if you, you are not brothers and friends to King James, so let me read it in two translations. We're going to read New Living Translation. Then we're going to read the Message Translation. Praise the Lord. It says, But if the work is burned up, the builder, which is you, will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Message Translation. If it doesn't, your part of the building will be torn out and started over. But you won't be torn out. You will survive. But just barely. What he's saying is separating your salvation from your service to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you getting me? He's separating your salvation from your service to God. He's saying that our works will be tried. If you read further and read other connecting scriptures, you will find that God is concerned about the motive behind our service. This is 1 Corinthians 3. Go back to King James and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, um, verse 1 and 2. Now you find that where did he now arrive? So what should we do? What should we do? Let a man so account of us as of servants of Christ and stewards of mysteries of God. Verse 2. Let's read verse 2 together aloud. One to go. Can you read it one more time? Amen. That a man be found faithful. There is a difference between faith 
and faithfulness. Amen. So, it means that, understand what I want to say now. We are going to be rewarded for what we do with the gifts that God gave us. You didn't hear me? We are going to be rewarded for what we did with the gifts that God gave us. What have you done with the gift of salvation? What have you done with the Holy Spirit in your life? What have you done with the special grace upon your life? That is what we'll be rewarded for. He will never take that gift from you because his gifts and calling is irrevocable. So he's never going to withdraw that gift. But he will reward it. Amen. He will reward it. So, if there's anything I want to establish this morning, is that God has a reward system. I want you to say three times. God has a reward system. A second time, God has a reward system. A third time, God has a reward system. Because of the reward system, that's why we are asked to do certain things. It is not God that determines the measure of reward we get. We are the ones that determine the measure of reward we get by what we do. Glory to God. You are not saved by works, but you are saved for good works. Amen. Are you listening to me? You are not saved by works. You are not saved by your efforts. But after you are saved, he said in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he had before ordained. It is those good works that are rewarded. Hallelujah. We are not doing it to earn our space in the kingdom. We already have our space in the kingdom. But we are doing it because we are in the Father's business. Amen. And in the Father's business, He is not unrighteous not to reward our efforts. Don't think you and this other person will function at the same level in heaven. No, we are saved by the same blood. But it's not going to function the same way. Why? Because the Bible says our works will be tried of what sort it is. In the judgments in scripture, there is the judgment of the saints. It's different from the judgment of the world. One of these days I'm going to teach you on the judgments. The judgment of the saints is the time is what first Corinthians 3 was talking about. Where you say, Okay, come, how was your ushering? They will check it. The Bible says it will go through fire. Hallelujah. How was your 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 service? All the time you served in the house of God, the places God gave to you to, to function, it will be tried. That's our judgment. Amen. You will enter, but your works, you can suffer loss. Amen. My prayer for everyone here today is that from today, you will not suffer loss anymore. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
my prayer for everyone today is that you will step up and take your place to understand that you have been saved by faith but you will receive your rewards by faithfulness amen it means that some people will get to heaven and there'll be no reward there'll be no reward someone wrote an article once he said thank god there'll be no envy in heaven that that's the only assurance he has that there'll be no envy in heaven there'll be no jealousy in heaven but truly some will suffer loss because when their works were tried it didn't have the quality of what god desired amen listen don't do anything anyhow no do god's thing god's way hallelujah very important so i want to rest my case around here on thursday i'll continue and we'll talk deeper about god's reward system amen but now the bible says it's an open reward and i've been able to show you in scripture that there's a reward here on earth amen so it's not that it will happen only in heaven and that, that open reward is that men will see men will see hallelujah men will see because the three things jesus was talking about is not something we're doing in heaven it's something we're doing here amen hmm. matthew <laughs> like eight scriptures and coming and i'm filtering them no i don't go to take that i'm going to take that so let's stop somewhere like three more scriptures or four now matthew chapter 6 verse 19 to 21 Remember Matthew 6? That's where we were. That's our text for today. Amen. Okay, just to help you, read verse 18 again. Let's see 18. So you know that. It's the next verse after 18. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So he's still talking on the same line. Now he now goes to verse 19. Now for the first time, I had, I had in my early years, preached on Matthew 6, 19 to 21. I preached it several times. It's a blessed scripture to me. Uh, and the first time I saw it, I actually saw it from 1 Timothy 6. You know, when Paul was speaking and talking about laying, laying treasures. Amen. Alright? And I'm like, wow. When I was talking about giving, and he called it laying treasures. So, and I said, Jesus said something like that. And I started studying along those lines. For many years, I didn't know that giving was not the only way we laid up treasures until i read i studied matthew 6 and i found out that matthew 6 was talking about giving prayer and fasting amen okay jesus taught plenty on that too amen there's no preacher in the bible that talked about money more than jesus i say it again there is no person character in scripture that talked about money more than jesus christ Let's not go there. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. Then he says, verse 20 please, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. Where thieves do not break through nor steal. Then verse 21. 
For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The laying of treasure was not just talking about giving. He was teaching that anytime you fast, you're laying up treasures in heaven. Anytime you pray, you're laying up treasures in heaven. Anytime you give, you're laying up treasures in heaven. We saw an example of laying up treasures in the life of Cornelius in the New Testament. That Cornelius had prayed and given alms. And then an angel came and said, your prayer and your arms have come up to God as a memorial. Meaning that he had laid up treasures. Amen. Am I communicating? So, we see that praying, fasting, and giving is laying up treasures. What does he mean by laying up treasures? He's saying that you are making heavenly deposits. Not deposits you will go and meet in heaven alone. No, 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 no. You're making heavenly deposits that you can draw from. To, to function on earth. Amen. Are you listening to me? He was using the terminology of investing. When you go to the bank and do what they call a fixed deposit, is it, it's, it's for a time. You want to use it later. Are you understanding me? Here on earth. So you put in money, it accumulates, then later you go and use it. Is that not so? In the same context, he was saying that, hey, 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 don't struggle to have fixed deposits in this world. Have eternal fixed deposits in the Spirit. That you can have deposits in the Spirit. Some people don't have such deposits. And that when God leads you to fast, is bringing you to a place to have deposits. Prayer and giving are deposits. Amen. And then he said, when such deposits exist, that God will respond. The word reward is recompense. The Lord, I, I remember the scripture, Rev, um, Ruth chapter 2, verse 12. The book of Ruth, some of you don't go there. Let's go to the book of Ruth. Some of you, if it's the first time you are going to the book of Ruth, when we start reading it, clap your hand, all right? Ruth chapter 2, verse 12. Amen, clap your hand now. Some of you are behaving like you have read it before. <laughs> Ruth chapter 2. <laughs> Look at what Boaz said. Read it to me. Want to go? The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. This is reward. Hallelujah. And that's a prayer I pray for you too. Amen. That the Lord recompense your work. And a full reward given thee of the Lord God of Israel. Amen. Amen. I know some of you, your Old Testament alarm has come on. Old Testament, Old Testament, Old Testament, Old Testament. Let me give you New Testament. Second John 1, verse 8. 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. There's nothing wrong with the Old Testament. The only thing that you are not told to pick from there is the course of the law. The blessing of the Old Testament is still your blessing today. Amen. Aha. Uh Second -huh. John 1.8. Hi, I love this scripture. I love this scripture. Let's read together. I want to go. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive what? A full reward. What are the things we've wrought? The things we walked. Don't work for nothing. Amen. That means saying that pay attention. How do you not work for nothing? Right motives. Amen. Do it with the right motive. Look to yourselves that we lose not 
those things which we have wrought, but that we receive. That means there are some people that don't receive a full reward. Amen. Lift your right hand and say, in the name of Jesus. In this month of June, my heart is out for a full reward. Nothing less than a full reward in the name of Jesus. Say, I step into God's reward system to benefit from it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'll end here. Now, it's because people don't know that reward system of God that they say, eh, 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 eh. it's not about what you get when you give. And when you give, don't put your mind in what you gave. That is Baldadash. Spelt Baldadash. God instituted a reward system for man. It's not man that suggested to God. No. God instituted a reward system for man. You look at Luke 6 38. Don't you see a reward system in that scripture? Give and go away without looking back. Is that what the scripture said? Give and confess that you will not receive. Is that what the scripture said? Why is the scripture telling you about a reward system? Because he wants you to benefit from it. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Then he starts telling you, does that not look like an advertisement? Amen. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. And running over. <laughs> Shaman. Give into your bosom. <laughs> does that not look like an advertisement? It's trying to entice you to do the right thing. Amen. Am I communicating? He said, well, well, when I give to the Lord, I'm not giving because I want to receive. <laughs> you are a sinner now. That means you are not giving, expecting God to do what he said he will do. No. It's not like someone say, I receive Christ. They say, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be, uh, believe in your heart, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, and confess your mouth and you shall be saved. You say, well, I'm going to believe in my heart and confess my mouth. I'm not expecting to be saved. What are you talking about? Did God lie? Did God lie? If he said believe and confess, you'll be saved. That means he's saying you should expect to be saved. So when I give, I expect to receive. If not, God is fraud. Hallelujah. There is nowhere in scripture that talks about giving that doesn't mention the reward. Why is that so? Amen. We'll talk about that on Thursday. But follow me now. Open rewards for every family here. Amen. Open rewards for every business represented here. Amen. Open rewards for every individual here. Amen. Now, this month, as we're entering the month, we're praying. The instruction of the Spirit to us is that it's a month of open rewards. Every day of this month, make sure either you're fasting, 
your praying or your giving. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Every day. If you're hearing it now, start from today. You can draw up your own calendar. I'm going to give today. I'm going to fast. If you want to fast all through, no problem. I'm fasting. But make sure that every one of those days, you are acting on one of those open reward rituals. Amen. Are you listening to me? So either you're fasting, you're praying, or you're giving. You could combine them, but point, make sure that one at least is going on every day this month. Are we together? All right? And so um, you say, okay, um, tomorrow I'm going to fast. On Tuesday, I'm going to pray. And if you're praying, at least one hour spent in prayer. Not just praying for yourself. Pray for Renaissance Assembly. Pray for the body of Christ. Amen. One hour. Put in one hour. More of intercessory prayers. One hour. Any day you are praying, that's different from your morning devotion or night devotion. Uh, some of you do afternoon devotion. Okay, it's different from... I understand that. This is prayer because you are following an instruction. Amen. If you didn't do it that way, then you didn't, it's not prayer that day. Are we together? So, you can sow a seed. Glory to God. Alright? But make sure there is either a giving, there's a prayer, or fasting. Of course, if you're fasting, you're also praying. Amen? But you can pray without fasting. But you can fast. You can't say you're fasting and not pray. Amen? Because I didn't say prayer, giving, and starving. I said prayer, giving, and fasting. Amen? Help me ask your neighbor, which one will you do tomorrow? Answer, please, answer, answer, answer. Which one are you doing? What, which one are you doing tomorrow? Is it fasting? Are you praying? Are you giving? Which one are you doing tomorrow? Amen. Glory to God. Now, let me say this to you. You know, ask those that have been around us for years. If I tell you God told me, you can go and sleep. Because I will never say God told me if he didn't tell me. There are things you can pick in your spirit. There are things that the Lord expressly told you. This month is a month of open reward for us. Now, listen, instructions are important. Instructions are important. I'm done, but I just want to end with the flow of the Spirit. Instructions are very important. There are people that have been around me for years. There are times where what was said was like a joke. I remember someone wanting to travel. And I said, don't travel. I said, don't travel. He said, no, 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 I must travel. And I said, because we, I needed a person to do something. I said, don't travel. Person, I must travel. And I said, nobody will even carry you. <laughs> we, just laughed. we laughed about it. The person went to the park. Entered the first vehicle. The vehicle, vehicle didn't go. Came down, entered the second one. They had a quarry, person said she come down. Ah, ah. Are you understanding me? But it was a joke. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it was a joke. 
we have a brother here, Dr. Some of you don't remember he's a doctor. Dr. Perewesubai, stand up. Put your hands together for him. We're in faith with him for his professorship. Amen. We're in faith with him for that. This man has been around me for over 20 years. When I first met him, he was not a doctor. He was likely a patient. <laughs> not a doctor. He was not a doctor. He was not a doctor at all. There was nothing doctoral about him. But I've seen God. When I see his life, he's a constant inspiration to me that there's nothing God cannot do in a man's life. He had lost his biological father, you know, some time back. And why I'm even talking about the story was the experience we had together. Where he used to wear a particular shoe. Sometimes I tell the story outside of the ministry, and they don't know who I'm talking about. So it's house, so I'm saying. There's a shoe he used to wear. It looks like a shoe that Mongo Park gave him. So one day, it was not anything. We were walking on the way or somewhere, and I said, this is your shoe. Go and throw it away. I said, any time Satan loses track of you, all he has to do is look for this shoe. <laughs> now, understand something. At that time in his life, that was the only shoe he had. Now he's buying shoes for me. That's the only shoe he had. He didn't say, uh uh, does God not know that it's my only shoe? By the next time I saw him, he had thrown away the shoe. And he was wearing, uh, what do you call that thing now? Sandals, palm. This is called palm sandals. You know? It's not, they are not flip flops. Uh, I don't know what you call what, what you call them, you know. They're not shoes. They're open sandals. They're sandals. But it doesn't have the ankle side, it's just a strap. That's what he was wearing. So you can imagine where he wear a trouser, maybe tuck in a shirt and wear it. Are you understanding? You can imagine that. And come for a meeting. Ah, but he threw away the shoe. From that moment in his life drama started. And such dramas will break forth upon you. Yeah. One thing or the other, he has defied all conditions that people have you know, say, no, somebody like this cannot, he has defied all. 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 Without the help of a father a help of any human being. He did a master's program. Got a scholarship to the UK to do a master's program. The PhD was PhD. Where well, was PhD? 
Did you PhD? And I was just looking. Me that they gave birth to in UK, I've not done PhD. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? PhD. They invited me over to their house in the UK. They were there for three, four years. I can't remember how many years fully now. And I was sleeping in his house. He used to sleep in my room. He used to come and sleep in my room. He never begged me for money. But anytime he's going, I used to have that sense of responsibility to try to see if I could help him. Now I'm in his house. He's asking, Pastor, do you need anything? He used to count his money five times. I was like, what, what? Yeah, you are with me. We are alone. He wake up in the night, bring out the money, count it again. How much is the money? Sometimes 400 naira, 600 naira. He will, will count, 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 count. Keep it back. Check again, count again. No accidental spending. But this same man, I was going to the UK. I paid for a ticket. And as I arrived late, I lost, and it was not a ticket that I could um, um, postpone or shift or move, so I had to pay a fresh one. And they just said, let's call somebody that we just already pay. It was him we called. Without thinking, he paid the money. Someone that used to count money. <laughs> ticket is not keke transport. Oh. I didn't say you should go and beg him money after I said, anybody that goes there, I will seize your open report. <laughs> but I've seen God in that life. Again and again. With humble. Humble. He'll be jumping, jumping like a child. Some of his students are here. He's a lecturer, in case you don't know. Then you see some boy that does not even have B, not BSUB. He cannot praise God. You can't even move your body because you borrowed a star shirt. Shoe, it's not your own. He'll be jumping, praising God, jumping, praising God. Hallelujah. In law school, he was the best graduating law student from Bayelsa State. It's a case, a study in humility. Except I didn't inform him. Anywhere I'm preaching, he wants to follow me. And he has been at it over 20 years. So I tell you a small instruction this month. You wake up tomorrow. Choose which one. Are you fasting? Are you praying? Are you giving? Simple. You're not throwing away your shoe. <laughs> Amen. 
Uh, some of you need to throw the whole shoe away. One last one. The Kisubai had no finesse, so we didn't know which girl would marry him. Who is to pray, Lord, help him? Because just go straight to the point. I just go straight to the point. But he has a beautiful wife. A wonderful children. <laughs> when he came to tell me, she agreed. They don't, somebody don't agree. Yeah. I didn't know her before then, but I was excited. They will marry you. And you will marry. The wife saw the future. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pray in tongues for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Pray in tongues for a moment. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith2faithonline.org.